RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive plays down any suggestion of stripping pan-Democrat lawmaker Chu Hoi-dik of a seat. The head of China's Legislative Affairs Commission says the country's constitution and the basic law may be amended to better safeguard national sovereignty. And a co-founder of the 2014 Occupy protests tells the district court that he and two other leaders of the Occupy Central campaign were very quickly marginalised by student protest leaders. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the government has no plans to strip pan-Democrat lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick of his seat following his barring from a village election. An election officer denied Mr Chu's nomination because of his implicit support of self-determination and independence for Hong Kong. Mrs Lam said the officer made the decision according to local laws and the government supported it. She had this to say when she was asked if Mr Chu should still be a lawmaker. The moment is a legislative council member. It is not for me as a chief executive to say whether he is uh, qualified as a legislative council member. But in our daily dealings with legislative council members, we respect their status and we will continue to interact with them, responding to their questions, engaging them in panel discussions and so on. It will cause no difference to how we deal with individual members of the legislative council. Mrs Lamb says the government will study whether election laws should be amended to clearly state who should be barred from running in elections. She noted that there had been several disqualifications since Beijing interpreted the basic law two years ago over the oath-taking of legislators. She says the government will see if legislative amendments are needed but doesn't think guidelines are helpful in the meantime. There's always a need to review existing legislation and arrangements to ensure that they can respond to the later situations. So uh, so-called internal discussion will be along those lines. The head of China's Legislative Affairs Commission, Shen Chunyao, says the country's constitution and the basic law may be amended to better safeguard national sovereignty. Speaking at a seminar in Wan Chai, Mr Shen said Hong Kong people have the duty and obligation to strictly abide by the basic law, which is subsidiary to the constitution. He stressed that any attempts to jeopardise national security will not be tolerated and people should better understand the importance of upholding the one country concept. He spoke through an interpreter. We should further perfect the constitution and basic law uh, to build up the spirit of one country uh, and that cannot be compromised. Any attempt to jeopardize national security, challenge the authority of CPG and the basic law and using Hong Kong to engage in, engage in subversive activities against the mainland would be in breach of the bottom line and is not allowed. A co-founder of the 2014 Occupy protests, Chan Kin Man, has told the district court that the movement turned out to be completely different from what they'd planned and that he and two other leaders of the Occupy Central campaign were very quickly marginalised by student protest leaders. Joanna Wong reports. The three Occupy Central leaders, Chan Kim Man, Benny Tai and Reverend Chu Yuming, announced the launch of their movement in the small hours of September the 28th in 2014. The prosecutor suggested to Chan Kim Man that the three Occupy leaders had wanted to take over from the student protesters, but only acceded to the student leaders because protesters started to leave following their announcement. Professor Chan disagreed. He said they only announced the official start of the Occupy movement 
After obtaining the consent of the Hong Kong Federation of Students who had sought their support, he added that the trio may have played a major role at the time of the announcement, but were quickly marginalized. He said the three of them realized very soon that while the students advocated nonviolence, they did not agree with the trio's idea of civil disobedience. Professor Chen added the two other Occupy co-founders, Professor Tai and Reverend Chu, believed they should withdraw from the movement in early October, a few days after the occupation began. But he said he insisted that the three of them stayed until students carried out negotiations with the government, which happened on the 21st of October. Professor Chan said the three decided to withdraw completely from the management of the movement after the negotiations because the students refused to carry out further talks with the government, but also refused to end the occupation. He said the three of them turned themselves in on December the 2nd because they felt they must part ways with the students who had announced an escalation of action two days before. He said students didn't do anything violent and only geared up not to hit the police, but for protection if they were beaten by police. Professor Chan's voice quivered at this point, and Reverend Chu started sobbing, prompting the court to have a short break. Professor Chan was giving evidence in self-defense. The Occupy trio are charged with six others for public nuisance-related charges. A survey jointly conducted by five green groups has found that 85% of the public support a government plan to charge households and businesses fees for the rubbish they dump. 70% of the 1,000 respondents in the survey said they believed the levy could encourage people to reduce waste. Angus Ho of the Greeners Action said citizens from all walks of life, including the low-income families, are willing to take responsibility for the costs of waste management. Some people say that the no-income people, they will not support because this is a big financial burden. But it, in contrast, this uh, survey shows that those no-income people, they are not really feel it's, it's a burden. It's, say, they are part of our society and they also support the political pace principle and also to support the waste reduction in Hong Kong. An advisor to Carbon Care InnoLab, Albert Lai, says Hong Kong needs to invest more in renewable energy and green projects. Even for 2030, we are still 78% short of what is required. And beyond that, between 2030 and 2050, basically we have no plan forward. We got to remember that if we are to abide by the targets of the Paris Agreement, cities like Hong Kong have to come up to net zero for carbon emissions by year 2050. And we don't have a plan to achieve zero carbon by 2050. So that is a big void for Hong Kong. Meanwhile, the British television presenter David Attenborough addressed the International Conference in Poland. In an interview later, he said humans had left the world facing its greatest threat for thousands of years. We have overrun the world. We are everywhere. And the consequences of what we do are felt everywhere. We are now increasing both the temperature and the acidity of the sea, as what we've done. That's never happened in history. No species I can think of has ever done such a thing. The body of former President George H.W. Bush is lying in state in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda following a somber ceremony. The event was attended by Mr. Bush's family, along with senior officials. The current U.S. Vice President, Mike Pence, paid tribute.
President Bush oversaw the fall of the Soviet Union, the crumbling of the Berlin Wall, and under his leadership, America won the Cold War. He took our nation to war to repel aggression in the Persian Gulf, and through his leadership as Commander-in-Chief and the brilliance of our armed forces, the United States won a decisive victory. When President George Herbert Walker Bush left office, he left America and the world more peaceful, prosperous, and secure. The Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has criticized sanctions imposed by the United States against Venezuela over alleged human rights abuses. Without mentioning the U.S., he said that the government of Nicolas Maduro was the victim of acts of sabotage from economic assassins. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. During his first official visit to Caracas, President Erdogan said that trade restrictions and sanctions were wrong and only created further instability. Addressing a group of Venezuelan business leaders, President Erdogan said that political problems couldn't be solved by punishing an entire people. Venezuela is facing the worst economic crisis in its history, which has been worsened by the U.S. sanctions. And President Maduro is trying to get help and investment from countries like China, Russia and Turkey, which have difficult relations with President Trump's administration. Opposition parties in the UK have launched contempt proceedings after the British government's top legal adviser told Parliament it's not in the public interest for him to disclose in full his legal advice on Brexit. Parliament had previously voted for the legal advice to be made available. The Attorney-General, Geoffrey Cox, was summoned to the House of Commons to explain the implications of Brexit in international law. He confirmed that the controversial backstop for Northern Ireland could not be ended by either the EU or Britain without the other's consent. The backstop is intended to maintain free trade across the UK's border with Ireland. A 69-year-old Dutchman has lost his legal battle to subtract 20 years from his age to avoid what he called discrimination at work and in dating. Here's the BBC's Anna Holligan. Emil Rattelband may feel like a 40-year-old and in a statement the court said he was at liberty to act accordingly. But the judges pointed out that age is more than just a number and noted that allowing him to amend his date of birth would cause 20 years of records to vanish and create a range of undesirable legal and social implications. They highlighted the rights and obligations attached to age. The right to marry, drink alcohol, vote and drive a car. A Russian Soyuz rocket has successfully docked at the International Space Station after a six-hour journey. Russia's space agency Roscosmos welcomed the arrival of the three crew members from Russia, the United States and Canada at the start of their six-and-a-half-month mission. It's the first manned trip since the failure of the previous launch two months ago. Finance now and currencies. The US dollar is trading at 113.23 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 13 cents. The pound is 9 Hong Kong dollars and 95 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,085, 96 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $48 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. Croatia's Luka Modric has won football's Ballon d'Or for the first time. The 33-year-old was honored in a ceremony in Paris where he celebrated a highly successful year by lifting one of the most prestigious awards in the sport. 
In 2018, Modric helped Croatia reach the World Cup final, and Real Madrid claimed the European Champions League title. I have a sensational emotions at the moment that is really hard to describe by the words, and that's why allow me to thanks to all of those who helped me to to be here tonight. Modric also ended a 10-year stranglehold of the award by Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. The Norwegian striker Ada Hagerberg won the first ever women's Ballon d'Or following her Champions League success with the French club Lyon. France and Paris Saint-Germain forward Kylian Mbappe won the Under-21 award. European football's governing body has confirmed that video assistant referees will be used in the Champions League for the first time. UEFA president Alexander Sheffrin is pushing for VAR to be implemented for this season's knockout stage. To be very straightforward with you, we discussed with with uh, our colleagues that are experts. If we can do it before, why wait? And because it's hard to afford any mistakes if there's a possibility to do it earlier. Deontay Wilder's trainer Jay Diaz says he wants his fighter to have the rematch against Tyson Fury before either of them face the holder of the other heavyweight titles, Anthony Joshua. Wilder's fight with Fury in Los Angeles on Saturday ended in a controversial draw. If, if it were if it were up to me. And only me. I would like to do the Fury fight first because I think, I think the rematch. I think there's unfinished business. And if they want to do it in the UK, if the, if, the, if the money makes sense in the UK, I'd love to do it in the UK. Deontay has already fought in the UK. We've done a training camp in the UK. Oh, he's also fought in Mexico and Puerto Rico. So Deontay's never had a problem traveling. We 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 would. That's not the issue at all. To the NBA, where the best from the West defeated the beast in the East, Denver and Toronto squared off for the first time this season, and it was the visiting Nuggets who came out on top. Nikola Jokic capped a triple double by knocking down three free throws in the final seven seconds to give Denver a one-point lead. They went on to beat the Raptors 106-103. The Serbian center finished with 23 points, 15 assists, and 11 rebounds. Denver now. Topped the West with a record of 16 and 7. Toronto lost for the first time in nine games. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive plays down any suggestion of stripping pan-democrat lawmaker Chu Hoidick of his seat. The head of China's Legislative Affairs Commission says the country's constitution and the Basic Law may be amended to better safeguard national sovereignty. And the co-founder of the 20 or 14 Occupy protests tells the district court that he and two other leaders of the Occupy Central campaign were very quickly marginalised by student protest leaders. The news from RTHK. In the.
Smile. 